Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, 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 hi. Thanks for joining me for episode 294 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe. And I am the deliriously kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to... My new program, the six-week audio journey, Shadow Love. There's a link to that there and on my website. And there is a link to Studio. Su Su Studio. Studio. It's like studio without the T. That is the company that made the headphones that I am giving away today. I'm so excited. They got here yesterday. The mail didn't even run in America because of President's Day yesterday. But FedEx sure did, and they brought me the beautiful Regent White headphones. I haven't even taken them out of the packaging, but uh, one of you is getting them. I'm going to send them to you, and I will announce that in the middle of the show. I'm going to hold you hostage while I (laughs) chit-chat. You can be like, just tell me if I won the damn headphones. (laughs) Uh, I love that company. That company is so cool. They are the coolest. They are so communicative. And I got all the emails and the text messages. It's coming. It's coming. It's almost there. Okay, it's there. Like, I just love that. Especially because I've had packages stolen off my front door before. And then the way it comes packaged is so beautiful. I I love the packaging. It's just so clean very like apple or expensive cosmetics. I don't know. Everything, just the touch of it. Like when you touch the box, it's just quality, quality, everything. And even right now I'm like touching the power cord because I'm wearing mine. And um, they're Bluetooth, which a lot of you wrote to me saying, I need Bluetooth headphones. I want headphones. A whole bunch of you threw your name in the hat for this drawing, by the way. And thank you so, so much for... All of the nice compliments that you sent me along with it. A lot of you wrote me nice little messages and stuff. And I haven't had time to get back to everybody. So I'm getting back to you here to say thank you. I totally appreciate it. But uh, what I was saying about the cord here is I'm using the cord because I have to plug into my microphone. And I still haven't figured out. It's probably like the easiest thing in the world using Bluetooth. And you all are probably laughing at me that I don't know how to use it yet. But I don't. I just haven't had time to even answer my own emails, much less figure out how to work on uh, getting Bluetooth hooked up. But I would like to do that so I could listen to my my record player. But anyways, this cord is so cool. It's like super flat, like this flat white cord, this auxiliary cord, and it and it feels rubbery. I don't know why I like that. <laughs> I like when uh, books feel rubbery. I have a journal that I bought from the Wizarding World. This like really nerdy uh, 
Hogwarts journal and it feels rubbery. I guess it's supposed to look like leather, but I love that weird rubbery feel. <laughs> and all of the pages are so thick, like you can press super hard with the, your pen and you don't see through the page, which I love because sometimes I push really hard with my pen. And it just feels very fancy. I'm a fancy nerd. I'm a fancy nerd. And that's how these headphones feel as well. But that is not why I'm here. That's not the subject of today's show <laughs> at all. Uh, I actually didn't know if I was going to be able to squeeze one in here. But then I remembered, oh, yeah, I told him I would give the headphones away today. So I have to keep my word and I have to show up. So I have to talk about shadow stuff because that's all I am thinking about right now. That is why I said at the top of the show, deliriously kooky, because I feel like all I'm doing right now is talking between my coaching calls and these podcasts and recording the audio content. I redid the first episode, the first installment, three times. I just wasn't satisfied with it, so I kept redoing it. And I finally finished it, and I was like, yay! I just, I can't explain it. It's a feeling. If I'm going to charge money for something... I'm a lot looser with these free podcasts. I'm like, if you don't like it, tough pippy, go someplace else. <laughs> but if I'm charging money for something, I feel a responsibility to make sure that when I am done with the recording, I'm like, yes, I nailed it. So I felt like that and I was good. But also there might be a lot of tongue tripping because I've been talking so much. Knock on wood, I'm so glad I still have my voice. But we have to talk about shadow stuff because that's, all I'm thinking about right now, I'm like deep in the shadow stuff. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about cultural shadows, shadows that infiltrate entire cultures. And we're seeing so much of this going on on the internet. I see a lot of it. I don't know if you all notice. I can tell you the perfect website to go to if you want to see some uh, flaming cultural shadows in play, and I don't even mind calling them out because they're so shameless with the, uh, how, what, how would I say that? What are they doing? They are baiting their readers into saying mean things, and that is the Daily Mail. If you want to see what a cultural shadow looks like, click on any celebrity story, let's say, on the Daily Mail. And they do really awful mean things there where they will post, like somebody clearly has an eating disorder or they've been crying their face off because they just had a breakup. So they'll po post like the worst picture of them. And then it'll be like, so-and-so steps out looking fresh-faced when they don't look fresh-faced at all. And uh, they know that their audience is, or, or their reader is just going to go on the attack. They constantly are baiting them that way. And then the readers seem to love it. They fall for it. The comment section there is hideous. So I avoided the daily. I used to like to go to the Daily Mail because they have this sidebar. It's just really easy to navigate because you can see pictures in the sidebar and I like to look at celebrities in fancy clothes. Okay, fine. I admit it. I like to do that. <laughs> I just do. Especially after like a red carpet show. I like to look at all the pretty dresses and see the outfits. I like that stuff. I also like to see in their homes. Sorry, I just do. It's an embarrassing, silly part of myself. But I like that. And there is no other website that 
has that scroll ability. So you don't waste a bunch of time. You just scroll through. You see a picture in the sidebar you like. You click on it. And then there's a whole bunch of big pictures to sit and stare at and go, ooh, pretty. But I got so fed up, however many years ago, when I finally was like, they are mean. I'm not giving them. You know, you vote with your dollars. You support a company by by spending money there, right? And a good way to uh, vote against a policy you don't like is to not shop there. I feel the same way about the internet. Don't go to a website that is perpetuating something that you don't want to support. So I felt I can't go to the Daily Mail anymore because they are meaners. I don't like the way they treat people. And celebrities are people too. And um, and in addition to celebrities are people too, our celebrities are our modern day, kind of our gods and goddesses. It's sad to say, but they are representing these archetypes and they're role models for young people. And so... We internalize the messages that are put on them. So if there's, let's say, a woman who is, I don't know, if there's a celebrity that you're looking at and and she's very heavy and the comments are all like, what a fat slob, she's disgusting, and you're very heavy, or you look at her and say, oh my gosh, look, she's doing it. She she looks beautiful in that dress. She looks like me. I could look like that with a little makeup and a dress. And then you go read the comments about all these people saying, she looks like a fat pig. She's disgusting. You internalize that. It's hurtful when you're young. I experienced that with Cameron Diaz <laughs> because we used to have the same haircut um, back in the day. And people, when I was out at clubs and stuff, people would say, oh my God, you look like Cameron Diaz. And then I would see things with people being like, ooh, she's such a dog face. She's so ugly. And I'd be like, does that mean I'm ugly too? So it's not just about don't hurt the celebrities' feelings. It's about the people that are relating and looking at that and internalizing those messages in on themselves. Having said all that, um, I have been borrowing someone's computer, which I think I'm going to buy. So I'm going to have two computers, too, because my main computer that I love and do everything on <clears throat> has this weird little glitch that I, <laughs> I haven't paid to fix yet. So I've just been borrowing this other person's computer, and they have the Daily Mail across the top bar of their... Um, I don't know, like that navigation bar. And they have like five choices and one is the Daily Mail. So what do I do? I have to click on it to see how it's going. And not just once. I had to click on it like 20 times to see <laughs> how they've evolved. And you, I might say they have devolved. Is that the opposite of evolve? It's gotten worse than when I originally left. And now they're actually photoshopping the photos in the sidebar so that the picture makes the person look like they're strung out on crack or like something's horribly wrong with them. And then you click on the picture and it just shows the real original picture before they photoshopped it. But you can clearly see they're doing that to get clicks on the sidebar. They're doing all of this to get clicks. And um, I don't know why I had to keep looking at that to be like, yeah, this is horrible. Look at all this. I guess there's a part of me that 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 triggers something in and it's it's touching on my shadows the cultural shadows touching my shadows and that's how they work that's how they work but you see just this hate in the comment section there's so much hate and people are mean to them 
each other too. They're not just like being hateful about the pe- people featured in the articles. They're 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 mean to each other. And you see this on social media as well, on Twitter, on Facebook. People especially when it comes to partisan politics. The freedom people feel behind the anonymity of the internet to attack their fellow human beings, things that they probably would be unlikely to say to their face when they're behind a computer screen. They say the most crazy, mean stuff. And so I would say our cultural shadows right now are just like hiding in plain sight. You can see them everywhere. They're everywhere if you go looking for it. And like, what is the cultural shadow? Like two, the first, the first, the very, very, very first thing that comes to mind for me is birtherism. Birtherism. When Obama was president, uh, this birtherism rose up in our country with people saying that he wasn't born here and they wanted him to produce his birth certificate, which he actually did. And um, they still said he wasn't born here, therefore he was an illegitimate president. That was not about if he's born here. That was about racism. That was about racism. That was about the bigot that lives in the shadow. And we've become so sophisticated in our bigotry to the point where we don't even know we're being racist. We just don't even know. It's a shadow issue. The shadow is subconscious. It is below our awareness. And so we can participate in something that many other people are like, dude, that is so racist. And, and we'll be like, I'm not racist. I got a black friend. I, well, I had one once. Well, we went to school together. We sat by each other in math. Does that count? <laughs> it's just like you can't see it. It's a blind spot. Your shadow is a blind spot. But so many people felt free to hop on the birtherism bandwagon because it wasn't blatantly racist. It was subtly racist. Subtle to them. (laughs) To some of us, it was really obvious. And that's kind of how the shadow works. You You don't really know that you're acting from that place. And trust me when I say marketers and politicians and the teams around them are now brilliant marketers. I always recommend reading Edward Bernays' book, Propaganda. It's a super old book because it's fascinating, it's horrifying, but it's really enlightening about marketing, just commercials on TV. It's enlightening about how something like the Nazis happened. Um, Edward Bernays was the nephew of Sigmund Freud and really the work in his work around propaganda. He's the father of propaganda. Uh, It's brilliant. It's what we get all of our marketing from. But Hitler actually took a great interest in that work and utilized it heavily. And then America and all over the Western world, we learned to adopt these principles too, how to manipulate people, how to push on their their buttons and tap into a mob mentality and all of these things. And if you think that, you know, we've gotten sophisticated in hiding our shadows and reframing them in different ways, these, these people understand that well, and they know how to create a movement around that. And um, 
Gosh, I was going to give you other examples, but let's just leave it there because I don't I don't want to like delve into politics or anything like that. It's just one particular area where this really, really shows up. And I think the inner the intensity of the experience of the Internet is revealing both our personal and our cultural shadows. And if, you, if you're interested in like, how are my personal shadows being revealed? Just go take a look at, at your social media accounts and see. You might be a person who only posts like love and light, but then maybe that's not a full accurate depiction of who you actually are. Or you might do a lot of weird, like kind of passive aggressive stabs at your friends and your social media and stuff. And like, ding, 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 you're hovering right over a shadow there, my friend. <laughs> and, and, I have them too. This is not an accusation. It's it's a mm, what is the word I'm searching for? Uh, confession. I like I have my shadows. We all have our shadows. We all have our shadows, and cultural shadows impact us all. And marketers, you know. Marketing, one of the things you learn, I find marketing fascinating. I think marketing and magic and uh, propaganda, these things are so intertwined when you really start studying them, acting. Like I, I see connections between all of these things. And when you, when you study, you also, when you study them, you start realizing the responsibility in being a marketer or an actor or a politician or any, any a human being now that we all have our own like social media accounts and we're like putting out messages all the time, you really see the responsibility because with great power comes great responsibility and it can be used for good or bad, however you want to look at it. Um, I hate that we have politicized words like bad and negativity. It's like where you're not even allowed to say those anymore. I like don't even know how to say what I mean. Good and bad. That's it. <laughs> Good and bad. Positive and negative. Sue me if you want to get all like ah technical about that. And um, negativity isn't necessarily bad. And it's like, but we need these words to define our experiences. And uh, that is so beside the point. I apologize <laughs> for digressing there. But one of the things you learn when you learn is marketing is tapping into people's pain point. You like poke at them a little bit. You activate a fear that they already have. You find their trigger point. You push on that shadow. And then you've got their attention. They're like, yes, I do have that problem. And then you're like, da 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 And I have the solution for $99.99. That's how much of marketing works. So again, if you want to study how marketing and shadow work, come into play, watch some commercials. <laughs> Instead of fast forwarding through the commercials, watch how they tap into your shadow and push on some pain points to sell you things. That's fascinating. And uh, not to get specific about politics, but all sides of, of politics use headlines. Be and they use clickbait head headlines or headlines that literally contradict the the point and the research in the articles they lead to because they know most people don't even read the articles. They just spread them. If they like the headline, if the headline says the message that they want to spread, they know it will spread like wildfire 
Even if in clicking on the article, you find out like, oh, <laughs> that actually said the opposite thing that that headline implied. It doesn't matter. The damage is done. It's already making its way around the world. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. And I'm thinking too, because I can't not, how can we not think about this when 17 children were just killed in a school shooting, physical, violent terrorism and the terrorism that's happening all around the world. I mean, it. That's so blatant and in your face, and it, it continues to work. It's dark magic long after the precious lives that initially targets are lost. So once it takes those lives away from us, away from our their families and their loved ones, it the damage doesn't just stop there. It continues to work with the fear it breeds and spreads throughout the community and even the whole country now and increasingly the entire world as we continue to become a global community. Um, Thus the word terrorism. It is designed to invoke terror, to strike fear in the hearts of many. So in some ways... It's not even about the lives they take. It's about the fear that they instill in the hearts of the many. Why? So that they can be controlled. Fear is the weapon of choice for those who seek power over and control. And that is why so many religions are, their messaging is fear-based. As I just talked about on Saturday, about how, how that impacted me as a child, when certain messages and the religion I was raised in terrified me, terrified me, truly. And that is how we control. That's why I can say, uh, I know when I say like, I'm, I'm pretty cool with Jesus. I'm making friends with Jesus again. And people who are very, very witchy get offended by that. And they're like, why? When there are so many other gods and goddesses c- to connect with or be an atheist or like, why Jesus? Why do you have to go back to that? Well, for one, it's because I had a beautiful connection with him when I was a child, and I enjoy that connection still today. Um, And for two, I feel like Jesus isn't what's wrong with Christianity. (laughs) And, um, And again, there are progressive, super loving, beautiful Christians doing awesome things in the world. I am not talking about... Christians in general, but I'm talking about the fear mongering that goes on in every single religion. And the way that I see that the Christian religion was built up was on propaganda, was on tapping into the cultural shadows of fear of that time and building up over many centuries layers of propaganda and dogma around like this original bit of mythology that actually from what I've seen, goes back much further than Jesus. So Jesus was a legend in his time, and then other mythologies got superimposed onto that. And and then I think, like, the church, so to speak, got a hold of that and started being like, let's control people, let's scare the shit out of them, and we'll control them forever. <laughs> and so it goes. And... As that's passed down from generation to generation, that be, those become family shadows, ancestral shadows. It just goes on and on and on. And it's we live in a fascinating time where we can actually talk about that and do some of the work 
to heal those shadows within ourselves. That is the work that I am presenting with Shadow Love, this six-week audio journey. I believe it will be released this Thursday. I'm on track to meet that deadline, so that is very, very exciting, and I will definitely make a video all about that when when that is up and ready to go. But, um, yeah, like doing personal private shadow work and healing the shadows within ourselves is the first step to healing like these larger cultural shadows. And then outside of like physical, violent terrorism, as I was talking about earlier, there's a more subtle emotional terrorism that is spread on social media and on certain websites. And I want to say it's less bloody, but I do believe it's connected quite intimately with many suicides that we now see connected to the bullying that happens on lives. So lives are online, excuse me, lives are lost. Uh, Even with this like emotional terrorism where we're like bullying each other and pushing on each other's shadows and doing these weird shadow dances online and piling up on like one person who says one thing. And again, I, I notice this happening the most with celebrities because they're famous and that ends up being what trends, you know, so like some poor sucker is you know, stepping out of an airplane after a long flight and walking through LAX and and the paparazzi are shouting at them, like, whatever the issue is of the day, like, what's your answer? What's your answer? And they give an answer and they might not say the right thing because they're tired and they just got off an airplane and there's people yelling at them with cameras in their face or they're on the red carpet to promote a movie and the same, and the same thing is happening. And then they say whatever that thing is that's not politically correct And that's the outrage of the day. That person is canceled. Everybody hops on board and it's like, ah, they get out the pitchforks and it's like, geez, there's just no room. There's no room to make mistakes. It's like this cultural shadow of perfectionism that we're imposing on other people. And I personally find this very frightening. I will say there are views that I have held that I know for sure are not in alignment with my social group's standing, and I don't say them because I don't want to call that kind of attention to myself, so I just keep them to myself. Or what's worse is I'll share them with my friends behind the scenes, people I feel safe with, and they'll be like, I feel like this, I feel the same way, and I'm not saying anything either. Let's just lay low. And it's like, how many of us are just laying low and we're afraid to say something because we're afraid the mob is going to come after us? These cultural shadows, man, they're sticky and they're messy. And, uh, you know, for most of us, this kind of online bullying doesn't go so far as to to wind up in a suicide. It's tragic when that happens, but for most of us, what it ends up doing is just censoring us. And it, and it has an impact in that way. It reigns us in. It shames us into the shadows where where we perform this kind of self censorship in order to avoid the wrath of call-out culture. We're in this time of call-out culture where everybody's being called out for everything. And I know like when the Me Too movement happened, initially when it first began, um, 
a lot of people were saying like, this is what happens when you bring up a shadow, a cultural shadow like this. The Me Too movement brought up a big cultural shadow. It's like stuff gets messy and scary. Like the snot will flow. And I feel like, yeah, that is totally true. And we had to bring up that cultural shadow. We had to say it. Like this is a huge healing process that we're all going through right now. Men and women, people who have been a victim of sexual abuse and those who weren't, who didn't even know that it was happening, like at all, the Me Too movement is exposing that to us, right? And and I gotta say this too, as a white, as a white girl, someone just left me my lowest rated review ever, a two-star review. And the review is actually like this voice is not quite resonant with me or something like this. This voice doesn't quite like click with me, which is totally fine. I totally get that. But the headline was we need uh, more black witches on podcasts. And I was like, you know what? I agree with you. (laughs) I do. And I can agree with you and not be offended by your review because I've learned so much from black Twitter. I love Twitter. And I've learned so much about the black experience as a privileged white woman. I didn't even know I was a privileged white woman because I didn't feel privileged as a woman compared to like the men in my life, let's say. But I've learned so much from uh, I'm listening. I'm paying attention to um, what is commonly called black Twitter, like people on on Twitter talking about their experiences, black people. And there, there's, I mean, let me, what's a good example? Someone was just talking about how a black, I think it was a woman, a black woman was talking about how a white woman asked her to get up and give her her seat. <laughs> she was like, no, I'm sitting here. And the woman looked offended. And I'll, and so myself, I don't think I commented on it, but I saw other white people commenting on it like, are you kidding me? Like just shocked that this still happens. Like we had no idea. And the black people on that third are like, yeah, duh, it's because you're not paying attention. Like open your eyes and see. And we're like, we're trying. It's like so much to take in because I didn't even know all of this racism was there because I wasn't experiencing it, you know? And I feel like a lot of bystanders in the Me Too movement are having similar moments of like, really? This is like all going on right now? Holy shit, where have I been? Where have I been? And so these movements are really important. Black Lives Matter, like teaching people like, hello, this is happening. This is actually happening. And, um, but then there's a point too where... Our most empowered response is going to be coming from a place of love. And that is where righteous rage comes in. Like righteous rage is one thing. Righteous rage is sacred and holy and it's, and it's precise. It's coming from a place of self-love, a place of, of good, strong, healthy boundaries, a place of holding others accountable protecting other people, things like that. It's righteous, right? But shadow rage, and this is why I keep talking about outrage addiction. This, I guess outrage addiction is what I see as more of a shadow rage. It likes to present itself sometimes as righteous rage, but you can tell the difference because it it's actually 
seeped in an inordinate amount of unhealed pain and shadow issues. So then it just becomes like a spray of unchecked emotion, just like, wow, like spraying everywhere. It's sloppy and it takes down many, many, many innocent bystanders with it. And it's like, you will feel my pain. (laughs) And that is something that that's what I actually try to avoid online because I don't like to get involved with that because it's just so when somebody's coming from that place that kind of like shadowy rage they're just like fill up their feed with like I'm angry about this and I'm angry about this and today I'm angry about this and this and this and this and this and they just stay in the rage and they don't like drop into the pain and and sit with it and learn to heal it and embrace and love up that part of themselves that has been healed so that they can actually then be productive and maybe focus that right righteous rage rage a little bit But I will say, um, we are now in the season of Pisces. So I actually think we're being invited to examine this all a little bit more closely. And I've been thinking a lot about Pisces as I've been recording the material for Shadow Love. And like, hey, I think the timing for this is really good. So before before I go on, I know I started this show by saying I was going to give away a pair of the headphones. (laughs) And I feel mid, I'm between rants, like rant complete. All right, let's get back to the headphones so I can give these away for those of you who have been waiting, like, did I win the day headphones or not? I will tell you, we have a winner. I have done the drawing. I have put all of your names in a hat, actually in a little zipper pouch. (laughs) And I have pulled out a winner. Uh, Some of you actually just bought headphones, which I think is so cool. I really hope you used the discount. If you're planning on buying headphones from Studio or um, earbuds, they gave us a discount. So use the link on my show notes or my blog and um, on Blog Talk Radio or my blog, wherever you see this episode featured, there's a link. And if you click on it, and then you put in which 15, which 15, no spaces. If you put that in at checkout, you get 15% off. So I hope those of you who said you just went ahead and ordered some, I hope you use the discount code. And um, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about the headphones to give Studio their proper due, as they were so nice to sponsor this little giveaway here and to give up a pair of headphones to one of you all. And uh, so what can I say about them? They're super pretty. That's what I keep saying about them. But the the headphones that I'm giving away are the Regent White. And what they say specifically in their own language is the Regent is our premium on-air, on-ear model with impeccable clarity in the instrumental tones and well-balanced sound with 24 plus hours of active battery life and 20 days of standby life. The Regent is the perfect companion for you at home or on the go. Um, it will connect to any device that has Bluetooth, which I know is what you guys were excited about. And what I love about them is the way that they worded this, I think, is so cool. It's not just a tech device, but it's also an accessory. So that's where they're going to come in handy with the Bluetooth for those of you who want to look cool when, like, you're riding the subway or walking down the street (laughs) listening to your favorite podcast, Hippie Witch, uh, because they're really pretty looking. And 
these, the ones that I got, I haven't opened the box, but they told me they were sending me the Regent White, so I'm going to assume that's true. They're white with, like, gold uh, hardware. But then, like I said, you also get the auxiliary cord if you want to plug in to do a podcast or something like that. And uh, what do they call it? High-polished metal. The combination of high-polished metal and matte surfaces which embody the vision of Scandinavian design. Yeah, they also have free worldwide shipping, which I love. So these are awesome. Their whole philosophy of their company is to marry quality sound, marry the technology of really good quality sound with beautiful design. Like, why can't you have both? So having said all of that, do you want to know who won the contest and who I am shipping these pretty, pretty headphones to? I'll tell you right now. Her name is Stephanie Telfair. Telfair? I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Stephanie Telfair, come on down. Can you email me, please, at joannadevoe at gmail.com. So I can send you these. I need your address so I can send these to you. And congratulations. I hope you love them as much as I do. I'm loving them. And I'm super, super grateful that Studio decided to do this little giveaway because it's fun. I like giving away things. We should do this more. We should do this more. Okay, so back to shadows. How do I jump back into talking about shadows? I don't know. I don't know. Do you all follow the Hood Witch? I link to her a lot from the Weekly Witch Review. Brie Luna is is the kick-ass creatrix behind Hood Witch, the Hood Witch. And she posted something about Pisces that really, really clicked with me. She posted something on Twitter. God, she's got a huge Twitter following, that woman. And Instagram, I think, too. Um, but is this... This is cool. It's kind of like a little journal prompty thing. She says, invite the energies of Pisces into your being, opening to deep love and compassion. Review your spiritual goals and personal values. Ask yourself, what am I spiritually dedicated to? What is stirring inside of me that seeks growth and illumination? And I can tell you right now what that is for me (laughs) because all of this shadow stuff is coming up for me and talking about the shadow. My shadow is like, oh, we're doing this now. Okay. And it's been an embarrassing little bit of time here as I've had like little weird shadow issues pop up here and there. I often think that the content I am creating with all things kick-ass witch and hippie witch, I often think that the content I'm creating is more for me than you because I end up learning so much from it myself. And I seem to have opened up a whole Pandora's box of uncomfortable truths about myself in choosing to create shadow love, which is very funny. (laughs) But it's not only made me examine my own life with fresh eyes just in delivering the content, it also seems to have opened up some kind of portal for some of my darker, more limiting fears to come rushing at me in a really confrontational, like visceral way. (laughs) Like that's when you know you're in the presence of shadow, when shit starts getting visceral, when you start like feeling it. And the way I feel it is I feel heat I feel heat, I feel a pressure in my chest, I feel 
like an uh repetitive loop of thoughts like it's very hard for me to shake something um let's see how do i how do i say this without like getting all into my personal shadow work here in public which is actually very relevant to what i'm saying um that's actually what is relevant to me saying i'll just i'll just tell you kind of the gist of it you know it's like I felt bad talking about um, why I took that Teal Scott interview down. I talked about this in both, oh God, in both of the last Saturday evening posts, Saturn, Saturn's Day evening posts that I did here, the last two Saturdays. <laughs> I was just happy that I set that boundary for myself because I didn't like, speaking of cultural shadows, I didn't like all of the outrage that was coming at me for participating in that interview and I had left it up for a long time and put up with it for a long time and tried to remain neutral because I know so many of you love teal but I finally had just had enough and was like I'm putting this boundary up for myself which is fine but also like why did I have to publicly announce that I could have taken the video down and just not said a word and that would have been fine and then why did I have to talk about in addition to that being the reason how it like tweaked my ego that whoever was representing her at the time kept writing to me to find out what the numbers were how many people watched the interview and so yeah <laughs> it bugged me the first time I mentioned it I felt like I had betrayed a value a value of kindness and being respectful to other people and I'm at a point in my life now when when that happens, I really, really feel it. I recognize it as, okay, I have betrayed a personal value, and it's just such a miserable, icky feeling. But uh, And then I want to sit with it and deal with it and heal it so it doesn't happen again because I don't like that feeling, and I want to honor my own values. But then what did I do this time? I tried to explain myself in the following week, and then I felt like I just dug a deeper hole for myself. <laughs> and at, right after that, after the second time I mentioned it, I was like, what have I done? <laughs> I feel like I just was like airing out my shadow for everybody to see, like, look at me, I'm an asshole. And, um... God, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to do what I do and be here publicly week after week without at least showing my imperfections and showing that I'm fully human. Please never think that I am a guru of any kind at all. As I said in the last episode, I am just a person who loves personal development and magic, and I'm just doing the best that I can. But... um it really, 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 really haunted me after the second time I mentioned it. I don't mind, you know, like coming on here week after week and tripping over my tongue and being silly and goofy. I'm golly, man. I say the weirdest stuff. Like I have some sort of verbal dyslexia where I reverse words around or I say the wrong name of a book title or I mispronounce somebody's name or I don't know. I, I'm constantly making little mistakes like that almost every single week. That stuff doesn't feel, it doesn't trigger anything in me. I don't feel like humiliated and like, ah, I need to hide from the internet for the rest of my life. I just kind of laugh at myself. I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of embarrassing, but oh well, moving on. This is different. The, the teal thing felt like 
oh, like I felt tortured by it. And like, is it too late to take those episodes down? But I don't want to take them down because people enjoyed the content. And I want to be, I want to have some continuity with numbering the, those episodes. And, and I just suffered over it. I let myself suffer over it. And, and then... I don't know. I just had to sit in it and keep torturing myself and torturing it. I decided to go back to the beginning of when I first uh, was introduced to Teal by some of you. I, I That interview was highly requested. And that was in 2012. It is now 2018. Can you believe it? I have been doing Kick-Ass Witch since uh, for, it'll be six years on March 5th. And I started my first online business in April of 2004. So I've been putting myself out there online for 14 years in a very vulnerable way. <laughs> Much more so once I started doing Kick-Ass Switch. That took it to a whole nother level. But um, looking back at that old... I just started looking at the old content from 2012 and it like embarrassed me. I was just like, oh. And I, deeper than embarrassed. It, it gave me like weird shame feelings and I just wanted to run and hide. And for like a hot minute there, I was like, I just want to take down everything online. I just want to take out every podcast, my website, all my videos. I'll just go, I'll run off to the country and be an, a nun. I don't know. I just don't want to be online anymore. It's just too painful. Oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I revealing so much of myself online? And I had that little freak out for a minute before I finally got around to some some self-love <laughs> but I but I definitely like went a little off the rails for a minute there I just I had exposed a, a weakness and a shadow in myself and I didn't like the way it fe felt to betray a value like that so publicly and and to touch such a painful part of my shadow for me some of the worst most haunting memories I have are times that I've hurt someone's feelings or um, been mean in some way. And so those are the things that stick with me. And, and so apparently I'm still capable of that on some level. And it really, really bothers me. And, but I have to say too, like, am I going to choose to run and hide or I'm, or I'm going to keep showing up here? Because what I love, one of, one of the things I love about showing up here is what I hear from you all is like, I feel like I have a friend. I feel like, I'm talking with a friend every week and and then you share your personal stories with me. And to me that is valuable. I feel like oh I want to be that for people. I enjoy that, you know. And so in doing that and being very transparent with who I am and revealing my personality and my embarrassing stories and stuff, it's inevitable that sometimes Sometimes I'm I'm gonna do more than put my foot in my mouth. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal some shadowy thing about myself. And so I really had to decide like, am I okay with that? And I guess I am. And then this is the magical bit of synchronicity that that happened that really kinda kinda blew my hair back in the moment. I opened, I have a book of signs. So this book is it's a little like a book of shadows, but it's really focused on tarot cards, astrology, symbols, signs and symbols, but then a lot of whatever, all of the, the deep thoughts that go with that. I opened this book to write in it and I accidentally, randomly uh, flipped 
right open to this page that I wrote when Saturn was in Cancer. And across the page, it says, in vulnerability lies your strength. And I was like, oh, that's such a shadow thing. I love that. And then I read underneath that this quote, I don't know who Nancy R. Fenn is, but apparently I I give people, I give credit where credit is due, even in my own journals. (laughs) So (laughs) Nancy R. Fenn said this thing somewhere sometime back when Saturn was in cancer. And I liked it then. And I felt like it was a special message for me today that, um, well, the other day when I opened this page, that it was like meant to revisit me. A little, a little gift from the gods, the little gods of magic. And it, it's this. Far from finding people who retreat into shells and barricade themselves from the world, we find people who give themselves to the world with a vulnerability and trust that is both raw and real. And when you circle back up to invulnerability lies your strength, I really love that. I love that. I want to do that. I'm trying to do that here. I hope you can feel that. (laughs) And if you enjoyed this ramble on cultural shadows, I would love to hear from you. Like, what do you notice about cultural shadows? What, What do you see? Do you ever feel weirdly exposed on social media? Or if you keep a blog or you make videos or a podcast, I would love to hear what your experience around that has been like and I don't know, find the tweet or the Facebook post connected with this episode and uh, maybe we can get a little conversation going around it. And you can totally sign up for Shadow Love right now. There's a link here connected to this episode on the blog and on Blog Talk Radio if you want to do some deep soul diving and experience shadow work as shadow love, like going in with the intention not to cast out the demons or defeat the dragons, but to actually sit with them, learn from them and embrace them and learn to love them ultimately as an act of extreme radical self-love. So until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.